Hello and welcome to What Will We Watch, where we watch our favorite childhood movies that we've yet to revisit as adults and reflect on our memory of them. Joining us today is filmmaker Matt O'Mahony, and we're discussing his favorite childhood movie, Wild Thing. He was an orphan left to perish in the downtown wilderness. Instead, he thrived. They say he can turn himself into an Audi cat. He became a hunter. It's a half-human creature that haunts his own. A warrior. Now, winos around here swear up and down that they've seen it. A legend of the city. Wild thing. This movie is really weird. It does not suit the normal movie that we we do. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a strange one. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's my favorite childhood movie, but it's definitely up there. Uh, I have a lot of weird movies from my childhood that that I enjoyed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This this one is is one that I think a lot of people don't really know about. So that's why I wanted to I wanted to rewatch it because I hadn't seen it in a while and uh yeah hopefully hopefully other people will check it out too because it's it's a it's a very weird movie but it's fun as hell for the like for the talent behind it like besides i don't really think that there's the actors in it were really like a a great actors at the time but for john sales who's who who's who's the screenwriter and um i guess max reed didn't really do much but i'm surprised it didn't it seemed like there was a budget yeah. And and that it was supposed to be like a pretty big movie. And then I've just never heard about it. And there's nothing online about it either. I think so. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm i not really sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know kind of what they were thinking, because like, it's it's a you know, it's a PG-13 rated movie. So it, but it's still pretty it's still pretty gritty and grimy and and violent there's like multiple rape scenes in it yeah Yeah, there's a lot of rape in this movie which (laughs) is really crazy seeing as it's a movie yeah it's it's basically it's very much like the uh the, the urban vigilante movies of the time like death wish exterminator but all those are r rated movies and this very much especially with the with the rape scenes is very much like like a death wish three yeah it's just it just doesn't doesn't totally go there it doesn't have a lot of graphic violence or graphic or like nudity or anything like that but it still has a lot of really horrendous things yeah yeah it's like it's one of those weird things like hey like someone just was like hey why don't we make an (laughs) urban vigilante movie for like you know 10 year old 12 year old kids (laughs) yeah they're like what if what if uh what if tarzan grew up in like where is it san francisco it's i think it's san francisco or like chicago i i i don't know that the city is actually specified yeah um i know it was it was filmed in toronto and uh i originally thought when i was a kid for a reason for for uh for some reason i thought that it took place in boston and not a lot of accents no and i gotta take a look at it i'm like it's does it maybe take place in like New Jersey or something? I think I want to say that maybe I saw like an old Jersey license plate. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think at that time it was kind of a, a kind of a, any city USA kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which I guess we can talk about a little bit later, but that, 
that's really what all those movies really like played into was like fear of the inner city just like an amalgamation of of like all big cities and like urban decay yeah but yeah they really like it's one of those movies where i don't think there's really any blood there's no you 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 when you see someone get shot it usually happens off screen and then it cuts to them and uh and all kind of like abuse is done either it just happened or it's about to happen yeah exactly but uh that's what sets it apart from but that's kind of the only thing that sets it apart from films like exterminator or 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 death wish or any of those other like urban vigilante films is yeah that it just has the kind of like graphic uh elements removed but maybe there's a director's cut somewhere (laughs) i was thinking that i was like they might have cut it and then mean like this is what is it a superhero this is kiddish yeah let's like let's do a pg-13 and get it out to the comic book kids um so yeah what was like this is not your normal kind of like kids movie what kind of movies were you watching around this time well uh i don't know i was watching a lot of movies that i guess really weren't appropriate for kids <laughs> at this time but uh i don't know i think like like most kids in in the 80s like you know the the indiana jones uh goonies all those kind of like you know gremlins films that were you know that were big on action but they also had you know kind of an edge to them you know yeah. they weren't they weren't afraid to be a little a little more graphic and you know with the pg-13 rating which was kind of a new rating you know that that was only a few years old uh at the time that this movie came out uh so and it was kind of that rating was kind of designed for films like this they were films that were a little more a, a little more edgy but they didn't want to go for the r because i think you know they wanted to uh get a, a broader okay. audience and they and they knew that kids were going to be really into this uh this kind of stuff but at that time you know when i saw this movie i was i think i was like i don't know what was i like nine years old maybe or something when i saw this and uh but i mean at that time i was watching predator and robocop like constantly when i saw this movie i was actually living uh i was living in germany what and uh yeah i lived in germany when i was when i was a kid for a little over a year and uh and so it was yeah it was actually kind of hard it was hard to get movies uh you know because you know the regular videos was still kind of kind of new uh and so there was like one video store in frankfurt that had uh that had like you know english language films like that they would buy from the states or whatever yeah so we would go there occasionally uh and then there uh, a friend of mine uh his father was stationed at the px he was in the army and uh and he he used to like pirate movies all the time so he would that you know he would rent videos like from the px and then he would record them at home <laughs> so, so he had this like enormous library of of videotapes that <laughs> his dad was pirating so we were watching a lot of crazy stuff at that time i mean that's where uh yeah i saw like porky's three <laughs> i remember uh, and your friend's time. dad VHS. And, yeah and uh and yeah and wild, wild thing was uh was thrown into the mix it's so crazy because yeah i don't i think this is a movie that like didn't escape its era where it didn't it really it's it only lived on through like vhs i don't know if it went to dvd or if you can even get a dvd or blu-ray of it I that isn't pirated 
Yeah, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta look it up. I mean, I still have a, I still have a VHS copy of it, and that's what, that's what I watched for this. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is a movie that, uh, that, that should live on on VHS and be enjoyed on VHS because it is very much a film of of its era. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, and then you, so you grew up kind of like moving around the world a little bit what was your relationship to movies when when you're doing that uh well it was kind of the it was i was always obsessed with movies since i you know since i was like a, a little 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 kid mm -hmm. and uh that was that was always kind of the that was always the escape for me like I, like i didn't you know i would go out side and play and do kind of like regular kid things but I, like whenever there was the opportunity to watch a movie or to go to a video store honestly even just going to a video store was enough like to sit like to just be in there i could be in there for hours and just look at the boxes and read the back of them and look at the pictures on the back like there was nothing worse than picking up like a video that like looked so cool and had like awesome artwork and then flipping it over and there was no picture <laughs> i'd be so pissed because i just want to get a glimpse into this into this world that that is being presented uh and so yeah i would and I, I would just i would obsess with with movies whenever i saw a movie poster at this time you know uh i was living in in frankfurt and yeah whenever i would see like a movie poster just like plastered on the wall you know like i would i would just like freak out i'd immediately be attracted to it and uh even before we uh lived there uh you know sunday you know you get like a sunday new york times or whatever and uh i would just obsess and and like i would grab that the arts and leisure section or whatever and i was just obsess over the the artwork of the of the movie posters like yeah i was just well, it was always about movies always just wanted to watch movies constantly that's one of the things i really miss about vhs's is is, mm. is when you get either you know and dvds but whenever you get the box which and then you have like an like a couple hours before you actually watch the movie and yeah. when you're a kid you you scavenge the box for any clues of what this movie is going to be and it's it's the pictures it's the little summary it's even the quotes and yeah i just really miss that yeah i i do too and it was one thing that really pissed me off when uh when dvd uh kind of was ushered in and something that i think blu-ray has kind of corrected a little bit or at mm -hmm. least some of the the companies at least that are releasing the movies that i like but uh there was you know from from vhs to dvd they kind of they, they kind of revamped their packaging of a lot of these films and i fucking hated it because they would they got rid of so much good artwork and like you know just really great you know movie posters and like that's your packaging yeah and to get this you know this new dvd where the you know the picture quality is better and the sound quality is better and all this kind of stuff but the packaging was just fucking garbage and that really bothered me and i refused to buy a lot of movies that i loved on dvd simply because their packaging was shit yeah 100 uh, and yeah i mean it's nice to see that a lot of uh um a lot of companies now are like you know are going back and bringing back like the the classic artwork even though that some of them are doing their own new artwork and then on the flip side of that you can flip it over and uh I think like uh, Shout Factory does that. Yeah, I really there's there is a nice kind of pattern coming back of like hand drawn or at least you know our our art artist rendered uh, movie posters. Yeah, it's I mean yeah, it just seems like such a waste, and it's like also that's you know 
that's the classic artwork that people remember if they're going to go back and buy kind of a classic movie that's what that's what you want to see you know that's what you remember that's part of the nostalgia of it i forget what vhs it is i think you gave it to me we both have huge vhs collections <laughs> but uh but you you gave me i think it's called the sorcerer and the sword or something but it's a frank frazetta vhs cover so yeah. frank frazetta did like all the, all the conan art and he's a really beautiful art uh oil painter yeah and he did the vhs art for this movie and it's gorgeous yeah yeah it's amazing uh, like uh, there's there's yeah there's so many so many films like that and i don't know i i think that movie is probably on on blu-ray uh i don't know if it made it on the dvd at the time uh but yeah i would be interested to see what th what artwork they came up or used for uh the dvd blu-ray release because yeah like that's that's incredible artwork why would you ever <laughs> lose that <laughs> yeah you would never be like i can throw away this frank rosetta uh yeah <laughs> so then okay so let's get down to wild thing it's uh it's it's 1987 it comes out i'm i'm assuming you might have watched it a couple years later uh yep um what like what's your what kind of what do you remember of the plot and of the movie uh well uh, i i i remember it all it was uh you know like <laughs> it printed uh, yeah it, it it really seared into my it seared into my head uh so yeah i don't know if you want me to just explain the, the kind of plot here uh but uh a, a little boy i i guess he's about like four or five years old or something like yeah. that uh i think he's supposed to be younger but i think he, he is younger yeah. yeah maybe he's like three i'm not good with the ages of children me neither but... <laughs> I, I, i'll be like oh you you that, that kid in grade 10 he's like 10 right yeah. <laughs> are you driving yet <laughs> um anyway he's with it's uh yeah it's in the the 60s and he's with his like so stereotypical like hippie parents you yeah. know like they've, they're listening to the jefferson airplane the opening shot of the movie is on like a swinging peace sign yeah exactly and uh you know they're in the vw uh the vw bus that they probably live in you know yeah. <laughs> like you know it's just like it's just us and a bunch of love in here man we're driving across america and man and we're healing lives we're picking up <laughs> random hitchhikers on the side of the road that my wife yeah. told me not to it was a simpler time man you know you just you helped out your, your you know your fellow man and uh so yeah so they pick up this hitchhiker and uh all seems cool until they get into uh into the the, the, the zone inner city you know the evil grimy inner city and uh and that's where uh our hitchhiker meets up with uh with chopper yeah who... chopper played by rob robert davi and yeah. uh dude he in this you know it's it's probably the era but he looks like he's he's like the general of a guerrilla army yeah i love that costume of he has his. the beret the the camo jacket with chains hanging off his shoulder it's it, yeah it's incredible yeah he looks like yeah he looks like a, like a like an evil like Che Guevara, like kind of <laughs> guy, <laughs> like you can tell it's just like it's just white suburban fear of like oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. That's really what all of these all of these kind of like urban, uh, you know, exploitation pictures are really all about. Was like feeding off of 
uh, you know, white suburbia and white America, especially Reagan, white Reagan America yeah. fear of the inner city. Uh, yeah. And, it, and so there's loads of those themes <laughs> throughout this, uh, this movie and as a kid watching those you can't help because you don't you know you don't really know no and you're just like oh my god like is this what's going to happen to you one day if you go to the city and which was ridiculous because i was living in a city you i was know? gonna say you you, <laughs> you, in cities. you grew up like uh, outside new york and you would go to new york which is uh, like at the time you know yeah. not well, one of the I best places at, i wasn't at i wasn't at this time yeah but yeah what well, actually when at, when we left germany that's where that's where we ended up um which at that time yeah like you know new york was a lot different than than it is now and uh you know it was definitely a lot rougher and there was a lot more crime and that's the other thing that's interesting about this movie is that i don't know that it really resonates too much anymore because so many you know of uh, you know american cities are so much different than they were uh you know in in the 80s and 70s like new york is a completely different place yeah than it was in 1987 or 1977 certainly but that's, um that's the interesting thing you know they just recently re remade death wish yeah and uh it is you know from at the, at the time death wish is like it's talking about like urban decay and like uh you know fear of yeah just like suburban fear of cities and uh and they remade it and it does not hold up like the storyline no. you you're like you're not going for for the guy it's the politics are completely different yeah and and that and that whole uh you know idea of the white vigilante yeah you know kind of take you know taking on predominantly people of color doesn't is, age well it's not a good yeah it's not that's just not the thing and that was the one thing i think that was like a real you know uh, was kind of a a big problem with like the with the death wish remake um and even i mean the original death wish movies all those films they all have the same problem you yeah know? like which is you know uh, aside from just the the fear of the other fear of people of color fear of the inner cities and then it's also you know all these problems can be solved by a white man with a gun yeah those are not you know they're as much as i have nostalgia for a lot of those films and and you know you, you watch them kind of for what they are yeah the message is pretty grotesque which is you know a, a white man with a flamethrower or a white man with a huge gun is gonna you know solve all the problems here by, clean it up yeah by killing all the scary people of color and that's a yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty gross message and uh and i think yeah for like a modern day retelling if you're gonna they, talk about something like and even if you're gonna make an urban vigilante uh film about something that's very real and very serious like about gun crime or just crime in general in in a city like chicago you know yeah i i don't i don't see that the, that a, a white man with a gun is gonna is gonna solve those problems no. you know i mean it would be it may be better if it was you know i don't know i don't know what would make it better well that's that's the interesting thing i i, I don't know if you can really make any of those movies anymore mm -hmm. that are especially with the like the solving of murder solves like you can clean up this this the streets you can't really tell that story now and yeah. then so uh so robert davi chopper he uh he he takes the parents and 
the hitchhiker into like kind of like a back alley and uh and with the aid of his uh of his partner in crime who's uh, officer task played by uh murray chaken and mm-hmm. i think that's his name i don't really know but uh <laughs> they uh they kill the hitchhiker and then kill the parents because they're 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 witnesses and their little son escapes into the s- city yeah um and then he's rescued by like an anti-establishment vagabond named leia i believe yeah. her 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 name is and i think she you know she's all against like the system she calls the government the company she yeah. refers to police as blue coats and doctors as white coats and she's really anti-capitalist i think she you really see the two themes of 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 the movie meeting mm-hmm. which is like reaganism and urban decay meeting like 1960s Id- 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 ideals yes and how yeah. And yeah, and a lot of the a lot of those ideals of the of the sixties, yeah, g- exactly. Given, uh, you know, basically sacrificed by uh, by the inner city, and and later by by capitalism and greed, and 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 you know, and and the drug trade. Yeah, you know, uh, which is interesting. Is it'd be interesting to see kind of like you know what you know Chopper was before he decided, <laughs> you know, to become just like a gangland criminal like he, you know maybe he, maybe he he was a revolutionary and he became disillusioned or something and then just decided to be a full-on full-on criminal this movie like you know on on its like you know f- from the cover just looks like death wish or or some kind of simple like action movie mm-hmm. but it actually has some like weirdly deep themes op- operating in it where yeah mm-hmm. he looks like he could be like a freedom fighter yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then capitalism took him, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, she names the little boy Wild Thing, which is uh, it, it, was that song out then? The uh, Trogs what, Wild the, Thing song. The Trogs, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, I want to say that song came out in nineteen sixty six. But yeah, the, the reason that I actually know that the trogs are the artists that perform that song to this day is because of this movie. <laughs> like whenever I hear that song, I always envision his, like at the end when his, uh, his feet step into frame on the ledge and you can see like the, you know, the, the sneakers that are hanging from the, yeah. uh, from the lamppost. That's the image. Whenever I hear that song, that is the image that pops into my head. I was, and I had, I was ne- like, I, d- I didn't know about this movie at all. You know, wild thing. It was just a concept that this movie developed. When, when he finally arrives in his adult form and he's taking on crime. And the first shot you see is from a, uh, a rooftop and there's a cat, his, his like l- little alley cat. Yeah. And then his, his converse all stars join the cat yeah. on the ledge looking down. I, threw my fist in the air because i was so excited <laughs> i was like this is exactly what i want i want that on a shirt it's a terrific image the movie shot beautifully yeah and it's got again look talk to your point about like the budget like yeah like the the, the music alone like it starts out with uh with jefferson airplane yeah you know, it's got the the trogs wild thing i think a lot of 60s 
you know kind of songs at that time were uh you know kind of i think you could probably get them a lot cheaper you know that was the other thing is that the the kind of like the disillusionment uh and the and the anger towards uh towards the 60s and the mm -hmm. 60s sentiment you know i think it's it's something that uh i think for for people that kind of weren't there you know uh, or for kids like me we, we don't really have that that much of a of a understanding of kind of how how like deeply that era really shook certainly america but also the world like kind of yeah. to its core you know it really there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that that came you know basically just exploded you know uh women's liberation black liberation gay liberation you know all these things all kind of happening at, at once uh and the war in vietnam and everything just kind of like exploding and uh and i think by the time like the 80s rolled around especially the late 80s when everyone was you know really into making money like there was a lot of cynicism towards the sentiment of the 1960s yeah some folks were kind of nostalgic for like the music and like free love but everything else they were just kind of like fuck that like who gives a shit you know let's just make money and fuck people over as much as possible and all that hippie bullshit can just fucking take a walk and uh yeah i think a lot of a lot of movies uh you know of this era they, they really are of of that um of that mindset of like you know now is just the age of of violent capitalism <laughs> okay sorry about that that was a little technical problem there um all right so yeah we were kind of <laughs> i'm sure we just got cut off in the middle of one of matt's terrific thoughts but uh, <laughs> all right let's get back to the story maybe it's good that we got cut off well, so what we sorry we, we were i think what we were talking about before was uh kind of like what it um if it kind of embraces these themes or yeah. you know uh if it embraces kind of the reagan era uh worldview uh or, or if it's or, kind of like dis dispelling it in favor of the uh of of past I ideals mm -hmm. and yeah uh, you, well i think i don't know i think it has a, I, I think it has a, a a little bit of both but i think the fact that wild thing is part of the kind of uh the downtrodden class uh as opposed to a uh you know a, a charles bronson uh kind of character yeah you know he, he's very much a part of this community of the of the downtrodden of homeless people uh you know street people and he's he's very much a part of that and uh and that who he kind of looks out for and is trying to protect so i think on that uh on that side it's very much against uh the the kind of like the, the reagan era politics of the time that you is know, one of the w one of the biggest things that kind of sets this apart from a revenge flick yes which there is aspects of revenge 
in it, um, both uh, Chuck and uh, Task mm. are like he is going out for revenge against them mm-hmm. for his parents. But that's not what's motivating it. What's motivating it is him protecting his community mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, from oppressors and stuff, which is really interesting. Yeah, from from this real like, yeah, this real negative element that is that is exploiting it and victimizing you know, his, his folks. Right. And it's also nice that, that one scene when, uh, the character of, uh, Dink has got like this kind of like multicolored hair. Like he's the, 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 the two, like the two henchmen, like choppers, henchmen, Dink. And I can't remember the other character's name, but they look like they're the weirdest looking henchmen ever. I mean, first you have like Dink who kind of looks like, uh, I don't know if you know who like Rocket's Red Glare is or was, uh, but yeah, he he's he's he was a wacky character in the in the New York uh, acting and underground kind of art scene uh, in the seventies and eighties. Uh, but he, yeah, this guy looks a little bit like Rocket's Red Glare, but a much thinner version of him, and he has this like crazy like multi like rainbow hair like almost one of those like goofy rainbow wigs <laughs> yeah but it's like it's 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 like he, he had one of those as his real hair but he just went to, and got it like trimmed up a little bit what's so crazy is it's like he you know i can't tell if this movie had a big budget or not because <laughs> because the background the background actors who were like gang members yeah look awesome they're all in like leather look like punks every single one of them has a studded leather bracelet (laughs) which is a classic sign of a no good nick but uh (laughs) but but his two henchmen look like like car salesmen in leisure suits with a balding male pattern baldness around the top they look like 45 year old men you know what the and so the other guy so there's dink and then the other guy i can't remember what the other guy's name is but he he reminds me of uh john taggart from beverly hills cop especially in beverly hills cop part two where he has to like put on somebody else's clothes and go to like the strip club and like somebody and they they, they tell the strip club that he looks like that he's Gerald Ford, <laughs> and he's got like these shitty golf pants on and like a like a this jacket he just looks like such a schmuck and that's what the henchman looks like that's the chopper's henchman <laughs> Rockets Red Glare and John Taggart in his strip club Gerald Ford. It's Tucker. so crazy. Yeah, like cause that's kind of the thing. I couldn't tell if like if they just didn't have the budget to make these guys look like like mean punks or if this is what they were going for just like a dad with bleach tips <laughs> <laughs> um, also there's one thing about Robert Rob Dobby okay so Robert Davi uh, in in the intervening years you know it's been like 20 something years uh, wild thing has grown up he's now like a icon yeah. of uh, of justice in the zone kind of like an herb 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 urban legend the zone is the one area of the city where cops don't want to go and it's owned by the crime lord uh a chopper now and task his uh his police officer partner in crime has now risen to be the uh, chief of police in the city and so you know uh, Chopper is going to face down with Wild Thing at one point and Wild Thing is like super athletic street running yeah. <laughs> really cool Chopper I don't know it, there's one scene of him hitting a punching bag and it, <laughs> it, it looks like 
arthritic like 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 arthritic robert de niro in in the irishman just trying to beat the shit out of someone i was like this guy doesn't stand a chance against wild thing this is an unfair fight that's why he has all those guns in his, in his awesome spinning coffee table you know <laughs> yeah yeah he needs so, uh, he needs firepower. Yeah, he's not going to be doing backflips like Wild Thing or jumping off of buildings. And, and which is crazy because like Robert Dobby is probably like he's probably like thirty five in this movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, really, like this guy had a hard life because he was like moving like every inch hurt him, like Rocky in like the last one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then so years have passed. Um, this uh, young woman named Jane, played by Kathy. Quinlan, uh, she arrives in the zone from uh, uh, out of town and she works at this kind of safe house thing that's church run. Um, and she gets attacked by Summer Chopper's men, Wild Thing, up on the roof, comes and saves her. Yep. And uh, they kind of start falling in love. Mm-hmm. And he takes her back to his kind of hideout that's in this like abandoned building, which he's covered the walls in murals of his past. Yes. And uh, we learn a little thing or two about Wild Thing. She learns that her, his uh, parents died and with an unsolved murder and a policeman was, was, was involved. Mm-hmm. But we also learn that he's learned to speak only from the radio. Yes. <laughs> and that all of his like philosophy lessons have come from mentally ill uh, ho- home, home, homeless people that he uh he like his fighting style is uh what's it called what's that martial what's that martial art that that old people do in parks <laughs> it's um oh god what is it uh i can't remember he's learned to fight uh from that and uh where is it oh man i don't even have that he's learned to kill from killing pigeons uh he's learned about human anatomy from watching young couples make love in public yeah basically from being a peeping tom (laughs) dude he's he i think he climbs up onto a roof just to peep on that couple yeah, there's a, there's a lot of you know, Wild Thing picked up a lot of bad habits on the streets. You know? <laughs> He's like, a child of the, of the streets. He is yeah. a truly a child of the streets. What's so strange about Wild Thing is, you know, when you look at other action heroes of of this time, like uh, like Stallone and Arnie, where they're really like bulky dudes, not super athletic, but they mostly get their action done with guns. Yeah, Wild Thing is like he's lean. He's super, he's super agile. And instead of like embodying like a tank or like a really macho muscular man, he chooses in a weird turn. He chooses to embody like an alley cat. Yeah. He's fully feral, feral, where he hisses when he attacks people. And he, uh, yeah, this movie kind of reassures me that men never look cool when they embody cats. (laughs) <laughs> this yeah, movie. i have to say that's one thing that uh yeah i i, I think i probably would would lose yeah uh, in this is 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 the cat the, the cat thing uh, it's the least uh, like, cool especially thing when he starts like hissing and stuff like that and he's like ah! it's like <laughs> okay that that I think we're going to have to find something else there. What when- I do like when the, the one thing I would keep is uh, when he's being interrogated, 
after he's after he's captured he's being interrogated he's flanked on either side in this interrogation room by a cop who have just like they've just had it up to here with wild thing and his antics and not answering <laughs> questions and wild thing is perched on a chair like a cat like ready to pass <laughs> and that i would keep everything else I think I would lose. but that that is the, that's a great shot and it's just these cops on either side it's like do you want to ask him <laughs> he doesn't speak man oh this is bullshit what are we gonna do and he's just perched there like a cat not giving a fuck <laughs> it's the strangest move to have your like macho sex symbol you know like tarzan works terrific because he's based off like a animal like a monkey and a gorilla he's yeah. just super macho it's so weird to base your like sexy male lead off like a cat I think that's probably why this movie didn't really connect with a lot of uh, of people in the same way that, you know, uh, you know, Charles Bronson did or Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah, because he it, there, he does have kind of he does have a like a a, a sensitive side to him. You he's know? incredibly and, and a lot more sensitive than any, you know, anything else that's that's uh, expressed by Rambo or. Uh, you know any any other characters like that who are you know th they kind of like throw in a little bit of sensitivity in one scene and then yeah. everything else is just like let's fucking blow everyone to pieces but, yeah but yeah i think yeah wild thing he's a, he's vulnerable you know and he uh he's just he's just looking for love like everyone else it's know? it's i find it so interesting that's kind of one of the reasons that i really like this the, this character is the cat thing aside but you could almost accept that as part of it. Like it's yeah. not, it's not a perfect square that makes wild thing. He's like a super vulnerable character. He's kind of like emotionally and mentally stunted because of like growing up on, on the streets where he doesn't really know how to interact with people. He, uh, he, he gets hurt. Like he jumps through. First of all, he like saves people from, from like a burning building. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then unlike any other movie, he catches on fire and like is screaming in pain, which yeah. you wouldn't see Stallone doing that. Yeah. He, ex he, he goes to jail and then he escapes from, from prison. He, he hisses while he attacks a guard, which yeah. is very troubling. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then he, uh, he kind of like brings Jane back to his hideout and she kind of seduces him yeah. in a weird way. How do you feel about this? It kind of feels a little inappropriate. <laughs> it's like because it shows he's like emotionally stunted, where he doesn't yeah. understand what sex is. He thinks it's like torture, and he does the grade school hands behind the back kissing at move. Yeah, it it definitely. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel that great. It, it feels a, like yeah, it feels kind of manipulative in a weird way. Like uh, it's. Yeah, it's it's almost like what you what you might imagine. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to go there. <laughs> I don't even know. If okay, I want to say. I, but yeah, it, I, it, I'll just. To me, it feels a little inappropriate because uh, yeah, he I is don't kinda, know if he can fully consent. Yeah, he's yeah he can't fully consent. Like he's kind of yeah he he's he's not uh he's not on the same level as as her. You know, no, I do have a bigger question attached to this. Go ahead. Which is, is Jane the kind of sexual predator that Wild Thing is trying to protect the streets from? Ooh, that's that that's a controversial point. And he's just blind to it. Oh my god, wouldn't that be horrible? That, <laughs> that, would, 
like she that, seems like that's why she's going to the safe house to work no. there she's a really evil person oh yeah. i don't want to think bad things me neither i actually really like Jane <laughs> in this i'm i'm very pro their relationship i just had to voice it yeah but yeah i i agree i think i think if anything uh it's yeah it's definitely uh it's de- it's definitely inappropriate because yeah, yeah just, they're him, they're just not on they're not on the same page. Him doing that that and how like how cat like he is, you know? Have you seen the musical Cats? The uh, movie? Y- I haven't seen the movie. No, dude. There's something so troubling about seeing grown adults pretend to be cats and like embody cats <laughs> that this what i do know <laughs> that's what i do know and this movie brings it back where when she's trying to like seduce him and he's so cat-like where he's like mm-hmm. crawling on his knees and hands and then he starts to like act it out like he's kissing around his back and stuff it's it was really troubling that was yeah. the one part that didn't work for me yeah yeah that's, um, not, that's not great he shouldn't be a sexual creature he should just be wild thing yeah and i think at that time like when i saw this as a kid i i think that was kind of you know i was you know i was young so i didn't really that was kind of like where i would probably go to <laughs> the, the point in the movie where i'd go and like get something to drink <laughs> or maybe like go to the bathroom or something because it was just kind of like eh, i just want to see this guy like kill bad guys you know i don't really want to get involved into this like this really inappropriate sexual relationship that is developing before my nine-year-old eyes. That's such an interesting thing. When, when like you're a kid and, and you're watching, I had this a lot where whenever there would be a, uh, like a sex scene on screen or, or people would be kissing when I was watching it with my f- f- family, yeah, out of embarrassment for them, I would leave. Really? Because <laughs> I'd be like, I shouldn't be watching this. This is awkward for them. And I was like four, maybe. And I and I and I'd be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then I just kind of go hang out and then wait f- for the music to end, and then I come back in. That's nice that you spared your family that embarrassment. I You're just, a very conscientious four-year-old. I imagine it would be so awkward for them. And I have no idea where that thought came from. I guess it's just shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Chopper kidnaps uh, Jane to kind of lure Wild Thing out because he finds out that Wild Thing is the boy of the parents who he murdered back in the day. Um and so wild thing is forced to kind of kill his way through chopper's henchmen in order to res- rescue jane what uh which which kill was your favorite the one that always gets me and like to this day that i'm just like oh it's so it's so gnarly and badass but it is it's really gnarly is the umbrella where he throws the umbrella and it basically it's an umbrella with uh with no uh with no like nylon no yeah. fabric or anything on it sharp it's just, edges uh, yeah it's just sharp edges and so he's kind of tied the handle part to like a, a rope or whatever and he so it's just like this spiky umbrella that he throws on the ground and there's a gunman like outside of choppers you know uh lair or whatever and this umbrella just like hits the ground and he, and he looks leans. at it like like what the fuck and leans over it and then wild thing like jumps and it's yeah it's kind of like looped over uh a, a flagpole yeah. or flagpole or whatever and 
yeah it basically the umbrella like jabs into the guy's neck and lifts him up and like that is such a such a violent violent way to die and he's the guy for a kid's movie like and to this day i'm just like oh my god whenever i see an umbrella that has all the (laughs) nylon ripped off i'm just like oh my god could you imagine that going into your neck and for a guy who's done nothing the entire movie we've never seen him be mean to anyone he could just be a hired gun It's true. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah, that's the thing. He probably just needed money. Chopper runs this whole town with these with with John Taggart and uh, like low budget Rockets Red. (laughs) You don't see any of his like you know any of his other dudes except for this one guy that that dies in such a horrible horrible way yeah i uh i had that down i wrote it down as uh as anti anti grapple hook because it because uh, <laughs> it brings you down but lifts someone else up I, I didn't know it was an umbrella that's a i i wrote that down but then i realized my favorite kill is the matador guy who's been uh bullfighting cars yes He's been kind of being messed around with by Dink. Is that the guy's name? That's right. And so Dink is like chasing after uh, Wild Thing. And then Wild Thing brings all the street people in to kill Dink. And Dink is like fighting them and then runs forward after Wild Thing. And the matador lifts up his uh, his red tablecloth. And underneath is a sword. And he, yeah. he bull style executes uh, Dink, which yes. is really fulfilling when yeah. you follow his... his uh, his like meta plot line <laughs> not meta but like hidden plot line it's really fun i love that uh, yeah it's so funny that that dink like because he, he charges him like a bull yeah. a- after he's already gotten his ass kicked by all of these guys because it's like it's the matador guy and then it's all these other dudes and they've got like rocks and like boards and stuff like that and he basically tries to go past them and they beat the shit out of him with rocks and sticks and everything like that and then he like backs up and he's just like all right i'm just gonna <laughs> plow right through you guys. i'm gonna juggernaut you guys <laughs> and uh he's yeah running to the end zone or something and yeah and that's when the matador guys just like no way and then they all olay at the end of it <laughs> do they crazy. yeah that is perfect it's such like a great the entire time i was like when's this matador gonna come into the story like oh, john sales is seeding this in such a great way and then uh just that one kill i was like this is all worth it yeah sales isn't gonna leave you hanging no so then uh <laughs> <laughs> then wild thing you know does the anti-grapple grapple hook to the guy outside chopper's uh hideout he goes up goes to rescue jane and uh he he has a one-on-one fight with chopper yes and it really okay you have to tell me if i'm looking too deep into this <laughs> everything that he uses as a weapon is kind of like 80s uh interior decoration that like <laughs> only the richest can can like afford so it's it's the like minimalism of street people taking on the like the capitalism and like consumerism of 80s yuppies where he like he uses a porcelain uh, jaguar to crash over chopper's head he like hits his head against an exercise bike yeah. there's like <laughs> there's some wall lights that he smashes him into what do you think uh i don't know maybe you are reading a little bit into it but i don't know i think that, that, that maybe that's maybe that's the thing he does kind of wax poetic about 
interior design which again was like a very kind of a kind of a new thing yeah at that time like you know if you think about like uh, uh i don't know i think it, not i'm not an expert on it but i think that was kind of a a new career path that like that was like a very like a, a very 80s uh new career like an interior decorator you know i think of like daryl hannah and wall street right? <laughs> yeah 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 you know it was kind of a glamorous uh glamorous new new job and career so and he does he talks about it. he's like oh yeah you know like we just did all this work here look this fucking uh, awesome but, spinning table yeah and uh, you know the cops are kind of looking through you know they're looking for like drugs and guns and whatever and he's like and he's just sitting there like you know just super calm smoking his little cigarillos and like talking about interior design to these cops. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, so down come the, uh, the naked lady pictures from easy rider magazine <laughs> and, uh, up goes like, you know, my fancy, you know, window that looks like a spider web. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, I like to read more into that fight scene. I, I honestly think that there is a little bit of intention in, in that. So then Chopper uh, chases Jane and uh, and Wild Thing over rooftops uh, where he where he finally falls to his death down an elevator shaft. Mm. They're uh, they're one on one fight. Yeah, it's not fair. Wild Thing <laughs> is so much more more suited for it. It's so true. <laughs> and so then uh, the police s- surround the building. Wild Thing is kind of like swinging from a rope around the uh, the. Uh, it's, it's like a tower and yeah. he must to escape the cops he has to make a death defying leap into the river yes which when i was watching it i was like i just saw butch cassidy and the sundance kid <laughs> and i was like i just want some dumb courage here to be the perfect ending and then he does it and i was so excited it's fucking classic it's so awesome you know and leaves it open for the possibility of a sequel which obviously never happened. No, <laughs> I don't know why this didn't become a huge, uh, maybe a trilogy. I'm not sure, but it gets uh, you psyched, though. It really, it, 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 it gets you pumped. It's like an arena song. Yeah, it is an arena song, but it gets you excited as if you're about to watch the like the Super Bowl or something. Um, so yeah, what's your uh, what's your favorite mo- moment after 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 re re rewatching? Oh, uh, let's see. What my favorite moment? I still, honestly, it's always. It really is always etched into my brain. It, it, it is the. It is the umbrella death. That is the one that fucking freaks me out so bad. And I haven't uh, seen it anywhere else. No, it's it's a totally. And that's the other thing. Like the improvised weapons that he comes up with in in this thing. Like he's got that cool crossbow. Yeah, which would have been like such a rad prop to have um that could you know and his you know he's just a yeah he's awesome he should have like go ahead sorry i don't know where i was going it's just great like (laughs) hey when you're talking about improvised weapons it's the best part of any movie i love he has i think it's called like a zip gun it's uh they make some kind of reference to it in west side story but it's made from like a car antenna and that's what he kind of kills rats with Mm -hmm. um yeah and then uh but i really do i'm curious because after i'd never heard of this movie i did some research this movie isn't really anywhere it did pretty bad at that the box office yeah um and i'm just i'm kind of wondering 
it has so many similarities to the crow in weird ways. Uh huh. Why do you think this isn't as popular as the crow? Oh, I don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, the 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 crow is the crow's pretty. Uh, the crow's pretty amazing. I love the crow. Yeah, I love the crow. I mean, you have uh, you know a successful graphic novel, and then an mm-hmm. even more successful film. And I think I don't know. The crow has a lot of things a lot of things going for especially when that movie came out no one had ever really kind of seen a film like that before you know whereas i think wild thing uh you know it is for all its differences you know we've kind of seen you know the the you know the urban vigilante kind of film before and uh and i don't know maybe maybe it was just that like you know it's pretty violent maybe a lot of you know parents didn't want their kids to kind of see that it also doesn't have like a whole lot of star power behind it no so again like a lot of a lot of the actors that uh that you see in these films they they play very similar characters in other movies uh but those are all like r-rated you know exploitation movies yeah like robert davi just a classic villain in goonies yeah uh and then uh who uh I can't find who played Wild Thing. Uh, Robert uh, Nieper or Keeper. Uh, I the only thing that I really recognize him. He played Wild Thing is from Prison Break. He plays uh, one of the bad guys in Prison Break. And then the funny thing, uh, Task, uh, played by Maury Chaikin. He, he, I was like, he looks so familiar, and I knew it wasn't Vin, uh, Vincent Vinofrio or Dinofrio, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But I realize where I recognize him from. He plays Harvey Weinstein on Entourage. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a great character actor. He's he's he, terrific. He's been around forever. But yeah, he he plays the Harvey Weinstein character. Yeah, whatever, that, whatever his his kind of name is. Uh, it's it's Harvey Weinstein. Is it Harvey Weinstein? I'm very sure. It I is. thought it was slightly changed. It might be Harvey Weinstone or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First name Harvey. But yeah. uh, yeah, it um. Yeah, I do think it, I honestly think this movie lost some significant power just by the physicality of, of a uh, wild thing. Like, I think he's just too vulnerable that people weren't, weren't really into it for an action hero. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be, he's all, I mean, he's also like a, he's a pretty weird character, you know, like, <laughs> it's like a garbage pail kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which actually came the the Garbage Pail Kids movie actually came out the same year. No uh, way! Yeah, this year was fantastic for movies. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Yeah, it had Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, Lethal Weapon, Garbage Pail Kids the movie, and Wild Thing. <laughs> the best year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the uh, Wild Thing. He's kind of he's kind of a tough he's kind of a tough character to relate to, mainly because he speaks very strangely and he hisses like a cat and uh i don't know maybe he's also just too anti-establishment for a lot of a lot of the kids out there i think so and i i think probably the studio wasn't super thrilled about that 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 like non-populist message too it's true maybe yeah maybe a lot of parents groups like didn't want their kids you know railing against the evils of the blue coats (laughs) you know it's like they're they're trying to teach their kids like listen when a blue coat talks to you you listen you do what they say. <laughs> and the white coats say, we'll bring you to the white coats, but, the, but they'll cut you open so little white coats exactly. can look inside. It's such a bizarre terminology. Scramble your eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. I always ask this 
uh, I want to hear your opinion on it. Would this movie, would you show this to a kid in 2020? Uh, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know what they would, I don't know what they would think of it to be honest. Me neither. I mean, I think, I think now, like, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing because a lot of these fears, you, a lot of people don't, they don't really exist as much anymore. No. You know, like when this, when this movie was made, talking about the kind of the fear of the inner city and inner city crime and uh and how people were so terrified of that and everyone ran to the suburbs and everything like that the lay of the land is just so much different now you know Mm -hmm. like uh, you know new york city is one of the safest cities it's the safest city in america yeah los angeles has seen uh you know a, a total reversal in in its crime as well as have uh, you know, most major American cities. Uh, and that that's not to say that there's not still, uh, you know, still problems with crime. Uh, but yeah, they've kind of, they, they've seen, a, a, you know, the people talk about all the time about a renaissance, all these, uh, all these American cities that were kind of left to rot for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and they were, they were really, uh, really tough. Uh, and now it's, a, now it's a lot different, you know, now, I, I don't know, it would be interesting, you know, if, like if wild thing, like, you know, went away or something and came back to the zone, like there'd be a, like a, a, a whole foods there. Now, yeah. It'd you know be I mean? like a, a hipster paradise. Absolutely. You know, it, it would just be a totally, yeah, a totally different thing. And like, That's you know, really- like, uh, I, I think if it was kind of made now wild thing and all of his, uh, all of his friends would be kind of they would be looked at as undesirables and like yeah. people that they that that the kind of like new yuppie class coming in would be like getting getting rid of them they'd be like oh they're a blight like <laughs> it's super true yeah the people that you'd be going against are like normal human beings not not <laughs> the, the system it's interesting yeah. because now i with- think the system would still be really shitty though <laughs> yeah. you know, lots of corrupt police and uh yeah there's there's still be a lot of terrible stuff yeah it'd be a lot more tense of, and like, instead of, yeah instead like you know chopper would be like he'd probably be more like like farmer bro or something like that and <laughs> yeah. instead of hiring you know john taggart and like you know rainbow hair guy he would just you know uh, hire you know some vigilante private security force to like, clean, <laughs> clean the streets of wild thing once and for all <laughs> that actually yeah. it might need a remake that's actually really cool or I, probably I, just talk to the mayor about it over dinner because they're at some <laughs> fucking function together or something. <laughs> <laughs> i really i when i was watching this movie especially with uh with seeing how vulnerable he is you know getting hurt in the fire and stuff it kind of reminded me of some kind of like uh independent superhero movie that that uh james gunn would direct a little bit like super Mm -hmm. where like it's not a happy ending for wild thing if it was remade now and it'd be like Mm -hmm. an it would be like an indie movie now yeah i think so yeah i think so too i think yeah it definitely i think if you were to make this movie now i don't yeah again i don't know that it would resonate you you'd have to change a lot because yeah. a lot a, a lot has changed like we've talked about yeah um, and most most superhero villains now come from the sky like no one's really fighting crime on earth and and and, and anymore yeah that's true too yeah and i think yeah the the day the day of the urban vigilante it's kind of it's kind of over and i think i think yeah. the, like the remake of a movie like death wish 
kind of kind of shows that so yeah like yeah it's and the uh, outcry of people coming against it yeah and especially when it's you know kind of like a you know an outside force coming in you know like oh i can't i just came from the suburbs with my gun <laughs> i'll solve all your problems like, it's like oh really why by like by killing everyone by killing yeah. us <laughs> by killing people who just need food yeah. <laughs> uh, i think that winds it up for uh for wild thing it was a awesome movie i highly suggest people go watch it matt would you suggest that yeah absolutely it's uh it's a fun it's a fun movie it's uh it's pretty crazy uh i, I would be interested to hear what uh what a kid in like you know that's about nine or ten years old when I, that's how old I was when I saw this. Be interesting to hear what they have to say about it, what they, how their reaction would be. To yeah, I can't. I honestly can't imagine it would be positive. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I think I'd probably be like, "Why the hell are you showing me?" <laughs> yeah, why? Are, why isn't there a Lego movie? <laughs> why isn't there a giant sky beam? <laughs> can wild thing go into a giant sky beam maybe that's where he does, that's where he goes at the end of <laughs> awesome matt thank you for being on uh i'd love to have you back no sweat i'd love to come back it's been a lot of fun you bring in some fucking weird curveball movies that i don't think anyone else will <laughs> will will bring up right, uh, well, I'll, I'll try to I'll, I'll i'll rack my brain i'll come up with some some new ones for you Awesome. Thank you. Uh, you're not on social media, but you can, uh, you can find me at Willamazen on Instagram and, uh, please join us next week. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, just a little note after I don't consider myself a political person, but in regards to the black lives matter protests that are happening, uh, they're really important and any support you can offer helps most likely there's a protest or an organization in your city. If you don't feel comfortable going out, you can donate. Um, I chose to donate to the National Bail Fund Network, but uh, just, they need your support. It's an important cause. Stay safe, educate yourself, and keep fighting. Thank you. Uh -huh.